Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Steelers' uh, scenarios for the playoffs are pretty simple, actually. The, the, The amazing one to me, though, is that the Steelers can actually lose and still make the playoffs. Think about that. They can actually lose this game and still make the playoffs. It would require a Jacksonville loss, a Denver win, and Houston-Indianapolis not to end in a tie. I guess Denver winning would somehow they would get into the 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 the, the mix somehow. I, I I have no idea. Essentially, if Jacksonville wins, it closes off a lot of different uh, uh, pipeline or whatever for the Steelers. Joining me now, Ray Fittipaldo from the Post Gazette. And Ray, I know you've been flying. Across the country, so I don't know if you've been able to be privy to uh, the nonsensical takes about Kenny Pickett uh, on social media for about the last eight hours. But uh, I, I had a two-hour layover, so I got a little bit of wind of it, but um, I think gladly I'm not fully abreast. Let's put it that way. Okay, so here, here's here's the thing. Pickett, it, 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 it sounds like Pickett was healthy. Enough to play on Sunday. Correct, he was. He was cleared medically to play. Correct. Now the argument has become whether or not he chose to be the third string guy or Mike Tomlin told him to be the third string guy, which I think is one of the dumbest discussions ever. Because yeah, I mean, listen. Yeah, I mean, Paul, Kenny Pickett is a pretty sharp kid. It would be the most moronic thing in the world for him to tell the Steelers that he's not going to be Mason Rudolph's backup. I mean, to, I mean, it would be like career suicide because word would get out that, um, that that's not the type of player that you would want 
on your football team. And I, I don't think Kenny is that type of, of guy. Um, if you want my opinion, I think it was probably a situation where Kenny didn't get a lot of reps the last couple of weeks. Uh, they wanted to fully prepare Mason with all the first-team reps, even those backup reps. So that, that's the reason that Kenny hasn't been dressing. It might be different for Baltimore. It might not be. But uh, the, the, the main takeaway in all this is Mason Rudolph is playing so well, all this really doesn't matter. You know, unless Mason Rudolph um, would get hurt in the Baltimore game, that's the only way that uh, Kenny Pickett would see the field again in, in, in 2024 20, uh, now. So that, that's my take on it. I think it would be extremely stupid for him to do something like that. And I, like I said, I think he's a pretty sharp kid. Right, but here's the thing. In that same situation, we've seen other players who, you know, uh, were going to start or going to play. So the point is, the semantical argument is whether or not he was healthy, a healthy uh, bench or what, you know, that they benched him even though he's healthy, yeah. right? If Correct. He, he could have played, and so to me, Mike Tomlin probably told him, listen, you're not going to – even though you're healthy, we're still going to, you know, ride Mason Rudolph. Yeah. So, you know, at that point, I, I don't know what we're arguing about. I don't even know what we're arguing about. These people, I don't even know what they're arguing about anymore. Yeah, don't you think there's a part of the Steelers and Mike Tomlin, and I, I don't know how much it was discussed, but maybe protect Kenny a little bit, don't uh, – don't have him have to have the embarrassment of being the backup when he's not completely 100%. So I know he wasn't completely 100% for that Cincinnati game. Um, I guess he was closer to 100% for that Seattle game. He was obviously clear. So, you know, I, I think maybe that's part of it, too. They just kind of want to um, protect him a little bit and don't, uh, you know, don't have to uh, have him go through that. But, um, listen, if he's a pro's pro, he'll, he'll get through this adversity um, he'll get another opportunity, but listen, it's not going to come until Mason Rudolph has a bad game. Well, and I think that's the other part of it that's interesting is, you know, Mike Tomlin's like, well, you know, if we make the playoffs, I guess there is that weird scenario where they could actually lose and still make the playoffs. But if they make the playoffs, presumably they will have won this game. You're right. not going to bench a guy that just won three games in a row, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just, let's face it, you're not going to do that. And when he's, he's, uh, led you to 34 and 30 points, which is something you haven't done since Ben Roethlisberger in the middle of the 2020 season when they actually had a, 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 a pretty good offense um, in the early part of that season. So, I mean, Mason's playing his butt off right now. Um, you know, who, Paul, who knows how long it's going to last? I mean, we saw Jake Browning get hot. Jake Browning led the Bengals to 34, 34, and 27 in three, three consecutive games. And, he, you know, he came back down to earth against the Steelers and then against the Chiefs. So, you know, it happens. But I don't blame Mike Tomlin at all for riding the hot hand. I think that's what any sane coach would do in the same situation. Right. That's why I don't understand what the discussion is. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Like, the yeah. discussion is not, you know, there's people that are trying to basically make this a, a referendum on the, on the, on the career of uh, of Kenny Pickett, you know, like next year and beyond, and I just I don't see it. I I think that basically Mike Tomlin's just trying to win as many games as he can right now. Yeah, why is it so hard for people just to give Mason Rudolph his moment too? Guys playing terrific football, just you know, let it ride. Um, if it keeps if it if he keeps going out there, they're going to keep running him out there. You know, if they win, he's going to be the starter in the playoffs too. So, like you said, Paul, it's not even um, you know, it's not even something. That's worth arguing about at this point. In fact, I'll go one step further. 
Um, here's here's what I'll tell you. I think if the Steelers were to win, right? If yep. the Steelers were to win and not make the playoffs, okay. meaning Mason Rudolph played three good games in a row, I would be willing to bet that they do not re-sign him. So you think Mason would get a better offer somewhere else? I think he would, you know, I think, I just think, I, I mean, I think that it's one of those things where, you know, if he wins a couple of playoff games, then the Steelers would be committed to, okay, we're bringing him back as our starter or or, or, or give him a chance to start. But I, I, I still think they they view him as a backup quarterback. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I mean that's the, yeah, and that's the interesting thing about this whole situation. They signed Mr. Trubisky to an extension because they wanted him to be that guy. And now you pretty much know that's not going to happen. So they're going to have to eat some dead money to walk away from that. I don't really see a scenario where Mitch is on this team again in 2024. So it would make perfect sense, you know, if Mason wanted to, you know, you give him a raise. He's only making a little bit more than a million this year. You know, give Mason a raise. Uh, You know, I don't know if you say you come back and compete for the starting job, but you reward him for a job well done. And let's say you give him – four or five million a year to be a backup. You know that he could do it now. Maybe he would be amenable to coming back in those circumstances. And, hey, listen, maybe now that he's got a taste for it, he would want to go out there and maybe find a place where he could be the starter. So who knows how that's going to turn out. But that's you know that's something we could discuss probably in February or March too. Right. But I, I would tell you, I think, I mean, my point is I, I really believe I don't. I just don't think the Steelers – I think the Steelers are going to try and go get a different quarterback. You know, they'll have Kenny Pickett, and they're going to have someone to compete with him. And I just I, – I would be shit, very shocked if if a couple of good games makes them change their mind that, you know, Mason, you know what I'm saying, is is a guy yeah. that they – is a viable guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I would say 95% of the time, Paul, backups get hot. They do what Mason's doing now, and then eventually they do come back down to earth. But there's always that 5% chance that, hey – Maybe Mason really did, um, you know, get better sitting on the bench. I think there's – here's what people don't realize. Mason is going out there and playing with free money. Like, there's, there is no uh, aspect of him being careful out there. He's just going out there. He knows this is his, his shot, and, uh, you know, he's just playing carefree. And I definitely think there's something to be said for that as well. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we'll see uh... – so the Steelers basically, um, you know, they got Rudolph. Clearly, their their offense is getting, uh, uh, you know, has played two of their best games of the year, probably two of their best games in a lot of years. Um, there are a lot of people who don't seem to understand that one of the reasons why the offensive line seems to be playing better is because they have a quarterback who's making decisive, quick decisions, and um, and and also because. There's a threat of a passing game. I mean, all of it works together, doesn't it? Well, oh, yeah. I mean, that's Paul. I mean, how about Mason Rudolph's ability to stand in the pocket and to let guys, let, let the routes develop and let those guys run open? Um, that spectacular, ca- spectacular catch um, that George Pickens had, Mason had to stand in there. He basically had to, you know, throw off his toes, um, you know, barely got it off. And, um, you know, I, I think we've all seen Kenny Pickett enough this year, or even Mr. Bisky. If that was the case, you know, they would have been flushed out of the pocket and, you know, it would have been a scramble drill. And uh, those, those haven't worked out very well um, for the Steelers this year. So I, I think you're right about the decision-making. 
but I just think Mason's willingness to stand in there, to maybe take a hit, uh, and he's putting the ball on the receivers where they can run with it after the catch, and that's something that Mitch or, or Kenny didn't do enough of either. Right. I mean, I think that's that's where I would tell you that uh, that, that that he's been better. So I, I just think that, you know, it's all worked together. Uh, defensively, obviously, they're beat up. They've got a lot of issues, right? But um, you know what they figured out is basically um, they figured out that if they can just make some big plays, they can, you know, hang in there long enough to give their offense a chance to win the game, and that's what they did yesterday. I didn't think they were great, but they, they made some plays when they needed to. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, Paul. I don't know if they win that game if not for Nick Herbig's strip sack. Um, that was the only turnover in the football game. That was a back-and-forth game. The Sears only punted one time. I want to say that uh, you know they punted maybe three times. So it was just a bunch of up and down the field for, for both offenses. And like Mike Tallman said after the game, that was a much-needed play um, by Nick Herbig. Nick Herbig only got into the game for two snaps. And on his on the one snap there, he beat a double team, got a sack, got the strip, and recovered the fumble. I mean, that guy, um, we all know he's a really good special teams player. I think he's going to be a really good rotational outside linebacker um, for, for the Steelers for a long time to come. He, he's undersized, um, but he's got a knack for getting to the quarterback, and he's got a knack for making uh, big plays. He did it during the preseason. And uh, it happened again on on um, on Sunday out in Seattle. Yeah, it was a big play for them. But I think that's what you're going to, you know, this is this is kind of who they've evolved into, right? I mean, they they've evolved into um, <coughs> a, a team that has to make big plays on defense, is capable of making big plays on offense, finally, and uh, is capable of winning more than one way. Yeah, and it's interesting, Paul. Before they were all banged up on defense, it's almost like. Mike Tomlin was willing to play that conservative brand of football, and maybe he wasn't letting Kenny, um, you know, sling it the way the way Mason is. But now he feels like it's appropriate because he knows his his defense isn't going to be able to hold teams to, you know, 17, 13, 16 points, and you know he he knows he's going to have to outscore teams. So you know that's one aspect of this whole Rudolph picket conversation. It's um, you know what Mike likes to say is. Um, um, Free money don't, or scared money don't make money, and uh, that's definitely true. But that wasn't the approach when Kenny Pickett was in there, and he had a healthy defense. So I, I think um, that willingness to let Mason go out there for him to trust him in those situations, that's been big too. And I think the question going forward is, um, you know, if Kenny was in the same situation and this defense was as banged up as it is now, would Kenny have that same freedom too? And I honestly don't know the answer to that question. I, I think there's there's a wave that they're riding with Mason Rudolph. There's a confidence that he exudes, and I think everyone on that team, including the coaching staff and Mike Tomlin, they're just riding that wave right now until it finishes. I look at maybe potential matchups for the Steelers in the playoffs. They could probably play. Um, they could probably play uh, at Buffalo or at uh, Miami. As strange as it sounds, I think you'd rather play at Miami, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, how banged up are they on defense? You know, Jalen Phillips is out. Um, I was in the press box yesterday. Xavier Howard left that game on a cart with a lower body injury. Um, you know, Jalen Waddell uh, was out of that football game. So, you know, it's not about uh, – sometimes it's not about who you play. It's when you play them. So, 
Uh, Buffalo's getting hot. You know, people kind of counted them all out, you know, at Thanksgiving, but now they've they've come on, and I, I think they're one of the teams to watch um, in the AFC. So I, I agree with you. If I had to pick between those two teams, I would much, much rather go down to Miami and play the Dolphins if it comes to that. The interesting thing about the Bills is they could actually be the number two seed uh, or they could be out of the playoffs. Yep. And there's a, there's a crazy scenario, Paul, where the Steelers can actually be a six seed. I think there's four different ways the Steelers can become a six seed, and I think they all involve Jacksonville losing. So they're likely going to be a seven seed if they get in, but there's still a shot, you know, that they could be a six. And I, I guess if that would happen, maybe they would they would go to Kansas City. And uh, that's another team. I, you know, that's probably not a good matchup for the Steelers, the way those games have gone over the years, but this isn't the same Kansas City football team that the Steelers, um, you know, gave up 41 and 42 points to a couple of years ago either. Yep. And uh, it just is what it is. Well, uh, Ray, I appreciate you jumping on, buddy. I know you're tired. You finally made it back. So enjoy uh, what's left of your your first, and uh, we'll do it again soon. All right, Paul. Appreciate it. Talk to you later. All right. That's Ray Fittipaldo of the Post-Gazette fan, uh, fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. It's Paul Zeiss. Coming up, we've got Dan Kangerski. We're going to talk a little Penguins, actually. It's uh, Paul Zeiss show on 93.7. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The fan. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates. Personal injury law firm. Well, they always say never, there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Um, 
At any rate, we've got uh, our good friend uh, Dan Kongerski uh, from Pittsburgh Hockey now with us, and it's been such a long time. Uh, I almost forgot what publication you work for. It's been such a long time. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Paul. You didn't know my first name, or actually my real name for the first couple of years either, so it's all good. Right. Uh, I still, I, I, I actually still, you know, preferred Bud Moonshine. I thought that was a really clever name, but of course... <laughs> you you have you've grown up and grown out of the uh, uh, Bud Moonshine phase of your life, so we will continue to call you Dan Konkurski, Pittsburgh Hockey Now. Sounds like a plan. Uh, uh, the Penguins obviously still trailing a little bit in the uh, playoff standings, but they have shown a little bit of life here. They've won three in a row, five of the last six. Uh, are we starting to see them play better hockey? Is this is this a sign that they might have? Uh, sort of found a formula that they can win with the rest of the year? Well, I think you just used the, the correct uh, phrase there, found the right formula. I don't know that they're playing the hockey that they envisioned themselves to be playing when they start winning games. I think in their head they're still maybe they, – they fancy themselves a fast, sort of high-flying, heavy four-check team that just outskates you until you quit. That's not how they've been winning games, Paul. They've won a few ugly games. They've won a few games, and they didn't play their best. And they've, they've really done it with just sort of a, a grittiness, playing really hard in the defensive zone, surrounding their net with bodies, getting some really good goaltending, and getting timely goals. One night, it's Crosby and Malkin who put the puck in the net. The next night, we're seeing Nolachari, Lars Eller, Jansen Harkins, and these guys, you know, hit the score sheet. So I, I, I like what they're doing lately. It's far more playoff hockey. And, and yeah, I think they are finding that formula. Yeah, uh, and I think it, it's interesting they've gotten, uh, for the most part, they've gotten pretty good goaltending. Uh, it's, been a, it's been, you know, kind of interesting watching this team. as uh, They struggled early, and when they were losing games and stuff, it was sort of like, well, let's see if what we, let's see what we're doing here. Okay, this is the opposite. They're actually they're not they're, they're they're struggling to score, but they're actually playing good defense and they have good goaltending. It's almost completely different. Yeah, who are these Penguins? Right, I think the forwards realized, and I think the team has you know kind of in mass realized the blue line is still a work in progress. Eric Carlson and Ryan Graves can be. An adventure, shall we we say. And, as, you know, as good as Marcus Pedersen and Crystal Tang are, you know, the third pairing as well is, is maybe a little vanilla at times or they're not going to help you score. So the team defensive concept has really kicked in, uh, especially, and maybe they won't admit it, but things really turned after they got just embarrassed up in Toronto on December 16th, I think they all began to realize we have to do something different. We have to do something better, something more. And, and, and yeah, the goaltending has been great, but the defense, the defensive concept has been infinitely better. You don't see the second shots. You don't see guys getting good rips uncontested too often anyway, from 10 feet away. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the key is, is you're seeing some really good things out of the, out of them, you know, on so many fronts. 
Um, and so now you just got to kind of try and figure it out uh, how to put it all together. Uh, they, they still have a little bit of work to do when it comes to the playoffs, but, I mean, this looks to me like a team that probably is trending in the right direction and is going to get all the way to where they need to get to. There was some discussion that, well, you know, if things don't go well, Cal Dubas could, uh, could potentially uh, break this team up or whatever. That's probably not going to happen, is it? Um, <laughs> get back to me in two or three weeks. I mean, as we've seen this team fill the vacuum of a winning streak with a losing streak. And if they do that, they're right back where they were two weeks ago and six or eight points out, but with less time to recover. So they have to build on this little recent stretch. They're not out of the woods by any means yet. Yeah. So uh, I would tell you, I, I would tell you that uh, they, they, but 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 it looks like they have a pretty good. Uh, um, they, they, it seems like they've got a pretty good trend right now. Yeah, you know, and some of the teams that are right above them probably coming back to them a little bit. I mean, they're only one point out. Looks like so, they they should have an opportunity to do some good things. But uh, you know, for a while there, people were talking about Cal Dubas maybe to, to pulling this team apart. Could you have seen that scenario? Boy, it was it was tough to imagine. I, I'm not going to lie. As much as it makes sense on paper, emotionally speaking, I don't think they could imagine it, and I certainly had a, a difficult time. I mean, look, maybe Eric Carlson gets traded because he came here to win. So, you know, if they do face plant and don't catch everybody, uh, I could see that happening. Maybe if Genny Malkin says, okay, you know, if you guys need to rebuild, or Chris Letang says, yeah, if you need to rebuild, I'm I'm your Huckleberry, and and they go that route. But Paul, speaking of teams coming back to them in the playoff race, they're, you know, they're percentage points behind Washington, and Washington's goal differential is negative 18. They're right there now with the Islanders. I think a few points back, and the Islanders' goal differential is negative nine. They're right there with the Devils, too. Uh, and the Devils have a negative goal differential. The Penguins are positive 14, which really does tell you if there's one team that is on the rise in the standings, it would be the Penguins. And statistically, if you're going to watch for teams to fall, all of those teams ahead of the Penguins are ripe for the picking. Yeah, uh, for instance, uh, yeah, for, for absolutely. I, I've always said uh, goal differential, run differential, point differential – it's not a perfect stat, but it usually tells, um, uh, you know, it usually tells at least a little bit of the story, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're losing games five and six to one, and then winning three to two, yeah, that that does tell that you know a lot of nights you're not in the game, or maybe you're beating some soft opponents or or whatnot. Yeah, you're right. It's not perfect, but it certainly does offer a pretty good indication. Because teams with that red number in the, the stat column don't usually make the playoffs. We've seen, uh, uh, I don't want to say resurgence because he's not really gone anywhere, but by all accounts, Sidney Crosby's playing some of the best hockey he's played in his career, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a couple of years, if not his entire career. He's played at an unbelievable level, an MVP level. I mean, Dan, how do you explain it? I mean, obviously he's he's Sidney Crosby, so they've, that that's one explanation. But 
How do you explain a guy at his age, this many years into his uh, into his uh, career, that he is actually doing what he's doing? Because he figures out on a year-to-year, on a game-to-game basis, what he needs to do to be successful for his team. And it's really no more complicated than that. If he needs to go in the corners and grind and bang away, you'll see him do that. If he needs to really take it to the defense and try to play on the rush and, and you know, uh, be aggressive in the neutral zone to create opportunities, you'll see him do that. The greatness of Sidney Crosby is that he can do all of that still at 36. But whatever they need, whatever he needs to do, consider it done. Yeah. I mean, he's been he's been really uh, unbelievable. He's had some you know he's had some game winners. He's had some uh, incredible uh, goals that he set up. Um, it's just amazing at his age that you know we're still watching a guy who is clearly one of the three or four best players in the league. If Sidney Crosby does not have the kind of season he's having, the Pittsburgh Penguins are already out of this. We have already written the post mortem. We are already tearing this thing apart like a holiday ham there's just no two ways about it and if the penguins do make the playoffs i i I don't know how Sidney crosby isn't one of the three finalists for the hard trophy i mean there there are guys putting up spectacular numbers nikita kucherov is doing it again artemi panarin and these wingers are putting up some great numbers but it's different when a center does it it's different when a top center does it because they have to play hard defense as well and, and Crosby has done it at both ends of the ice and it, it extraordinary seems to be a, an undersell um yeah absolutely I, I heard you the other day talking about uh on, on one of the various uh places that I've, I've heard you uh or whatever <laughs> I mean I, I heard you talking about Eric Carlson uh I thought it was a pretty a pretty good assessment of what he has been and um, some of the good and some of the bad. Uh, give, give me your thoughts on him. Yeah, I, I mean, look, the last few games, Paul, last couple of games especially, he's been entirely too generous with the puck. His puck management uh, has been bad. The, the turnovers have been not just, you know, your garden variety turnovers, but your ghastly sort of turnovers that lead to two-on-ones and breakaways and that sort of thing. Uh, I think he's pressing a little bit, but I still feel like Eric Carlson is trying to figure out what puzzle piece he is for this team. I, you know, he, he loves to question things. He loves to, you know, dissect it and pick it apart and, and really get to the nitty gritty so he can figure it out. And, and I think he's still figuring himself out in the greater context uh, of, of the penguins. And, you know, I, until he does, I think we're going to have these ebbs and flows where, like last night, in consecutive shifts, he just made an unreal pass through the middle to Jake Gensel to, to launch the rush and a couple of offensive chances. And a minute or two later, he gets caught pinching on the wall, makes a terrible pass, basically feeds the Islanders' rush for them, and they have, a, you know, what's a two-on-one or a three-on-two, whatever it really materialized into. And it, 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 I guess it's Eric Carlson right now. Yeah, well, again, I, I think that's, you know, that's one of those things where the, 
just trying to sort of figure out where he fits and what he fits and all that other stuff. Yeah, last one for you, Dan. If, and I know it's still early, but if there is a move that needs to be made to give the the, the Penguins a real opportunity, um, you know, to make a run or whatever you want to call it, what, what, what do they need more than anything else? I'm still looking at defensemen. I, I think their defense is, is patchwork. In reality, they have one legitimate pairing, and that's Marcus Pedersen and Chris Letang. Uh, Graves and Carlson are a wild ride. I like John Ludwig, but, you know, he, he is what he is. He's a bit of a rough-and-tumble, gritty defenseman, but he, he's not going to do a lot beyond, you know, protect uh, his, his zone, be a little bit rough on opponents, which there's a place for that. Otherwise, you know, you've got that very inconsistent or dangerous second pairing, and you've kind of got Chad Ruedel playing every night minutes, and, and we've seen Ruedel be very up and down this season. So I, I think if they can solidify that, whether it's find a partner for Eric Carlson, find an upgrade for the third pairing, that's where I would go. Well, Dan, uh, hopefully you, you had a, you're off and running to a good New Year's uh, already. Um, but Happy New Year to you, and hopefully um, we get to do this again soon. Happy New Year to you too, Paul. My right, brother. That is Dan Kongersky of Pittsburgh Hockey Now. I'm Paul Zeiss. It's 93.7 The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Joe, I have not paid attention at all to this game. Have you watched it? Only bits and pieces. It sounds like Michigan fans are very, very upset that they uh, feel like Michigan should be up by, you know, they should have been up. They they, they, they missed on, um, they missed on, uh, you know, some opportunities to, 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 to take a bigger lead. And now I look up and it looks like they're losing. So did that happen? Yeah, 17-13, Alabama started the fourth quarter. So, yeah, not not the uh not the game that Michigan was probably expecting, I guess, or at least not the not the kind of game to their standards you would think. Right, I think it's amazing. Um but it sounds like they all thought uh they all think that Michigan should have been winning this game. But they're not. They're not. It's simply that. <laughs> Alabama's playing better than them, I guess. Uh, uh, so. It is what it is. I mean, that's where we're at with this game. And now we just got to figure out 
Are they going to be able to come back? Of course, uh, it doesn't really matter because it's a invitational, not a playoff. I said, are you familiar to watch golf at all? Are you f- only bits and pieces? Maybe the Masters and a couple of the other. Are you familiar with the? Uh, uh, are you are you familiar with the phrase? Uh, uh, um, what's the phrase that I'm looking for? Sponsor exemption. Not a lot. No. It means you're somebody who didn't necessarily qualify for a tournament, or you don't have enough points to be in a tournament, or you know, like one of these uh, major events or whatever. Sure. So you 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 haven't really qualified for the tournament, but there's a, a number of spots that are held that are called sponsor exemptions. So in other words, Tiger Woods hasn't played a whole lot, doesn't have a lot of points. He's probably ranked I don't know 1500th in the world. And guess what? If he says he's healthy and there's a PGA event next week, he says like I'm healthy enough to play. Whoever's sponsoring the event will give him ex- that's what I call Alabama sponsorship cool. exe- sponsorship exemption Alabama. It sounds about right. Yes. So, at any rate, oh, look at this guy. Michigan's got no heart. I don't even know what happened. It just is what it is. So, at any rate, that's funny. Uh, it just, it's just funny to me. I do laugh, though, at, at all of these uh, playoff scenarios. So I, I I just we just found out the last one or this this one you know the playoff picture came out a little bit earlier. Uh oh, ball on the ground, someone's down. Bumble, bumble, Ruski, bumble, ayah. Uh, anyway, so if we look at week eighteen, so the Steelers lose the game, Joel. Now what's the scenario? The Steelers lose. The Texans. Colts game does not, you know, doesn't come down to a tie. Uh, this game doesn't matter. Uh, I don't think this game matters. This game doesn't matter. This game doesn't matter. This game doesn't matter. And then Jacksonville loses. Is that the scenario? And I think Denver wins. Do I have that right? I don't know if Denver is a factor, but. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. That's exactly the the, the scenario. So if uh, if um, if the Steelers lose, they're nine and eight, and Jacksonville loses, and the Colts Texans game does not finish in a tie, then the scenario is. Basically, apparently, if Denver is uh, Denver, would then be nine and eight, and somehow them getting into the picture at nine and eight with Cincinnati at nine and eight. You know, I mean, there'd be a bunch of nine and eight teams. Apparently, the the Steelers somehow win that tiebreaker. So even if they lose, they could be in, which would be a farce. But it is what it is. I always say this: you are not ever going to back into playoffs. That's the biggest thing. And to me, the playoffs are basically for 17 games. 
17 games. It doesn't matter what the order of the games are that you play. So if you went 10 and 0 and then you, you know, lost your last 7 games and you're 10 and 7, guess what? You didn't back into the playoffs. Playoffs are determined by all 17 games. So we'll see what happens. Um I, I feel like it's important that uh, that you understand that. Um if the Steelers are in the playoffs, it's because they deserve to be there. And I think that's uh, that that's always important. I mean, Joel, it feels like it's it really setting up for a situation of where you have the Ravens against the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Would you agree with that? They are the two, probably the two best teams in each conference right now. So, But not just that. I mean, even if you go to the second team of the Cowboys, right, or the Lions, those two teams really in many ways in the, in, in the, in, in the NFC, they've sort of just kind of uh, they've been flawed all year, haven't they? They they kind of have like what you put if you put them against San Francisco, who's going to win that game? Right. My it's point is going to be in San Francisco. My, yeah, that's my point. Is like you you look at it. The Ravens really, I mean, they they've been on a roll recently. They've been killing everybody. But who's the second best team in the AFC? The Bills. They might not even make the playoffs. The Dolphins. I mean, they haven't beaten anybody. The Chiefs have all kinds of problems, right? The NFC South, I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you in a strange kind of way, you know, a team that would be, that's going to be, uh, if they get in, would be kind of an, a hard team to play against? The Colts. Because they have a quarterback who can be absolutely atrocious, but he can also get hot. And when he gets hot, he's really good. He's got that Gardner Minshew. He's got that swagger to him. Right. I mean, that's the thing I would tell you. It's 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 always so important to note that. Something just happened. People excited. Dogs and cats. They're all excited about something. What is it? Bama lost a fumble. Michigan recovered. Okay. There we go. Anyway, um my thing about it is if you look at the if you look at the AFC and you look at the NFC, I'll be honest with you. This is a year where the two top seeds should probably roll. I mean, I don't know who's good in the NFC South. I'm sorry, I'm not in the AFC and the NFC South. I think are both terrible, and that is what I would say. So now you know. I just don't see many teams that can beat the top two teams. That's really, to me, uh, the truth about it. It just doesn't feel like there's that many teams that can beat them. Seriously. I just don't understand. I look at the I look at the NFL. Um, who, who do you like, uh, Joel? So, you know, Tampa Bay, I guess all they have to do is beat Carolina. Can we agree they'll beat Carolina and they'll win that division? They they should, yeah. If if Carolina can lose 26 to nothing to C.J. Beathard and the Jaguars, then, yeah, Tampa Bay should be able to take care of business against 
the two and fourteen Carolina Panthers on Sunday. Here, here's the funny thing to me. Here's the funny thing to me, Joel. Um, Jacksonville might actually be better off this week. With did you did you see that? Jacksonville might be better off this week with C.J. Beathard. Because you know what he didn't do this week that Trevor Lawrence has done a ton of lately? He's turned the ball over. He didn't throw the ball to the other team a bunch of times. It wasn't pretty what he did. Okay? I'm not saying he's a, a world beater or anything like that, so, you know, don't go there. But sometimes when you're trying to win a game at the end of the year, and the, and the other thing is they're playing – you know, Tennessee, who's not very good. At the end of the day, I'm looking at Tennessee and I'm saying, you know, they are what they are. But I look at Bethard and I look at his last game and this, I mean, 17 to 24, 178 yards. He moved the ball just enough. They scored 20 some points. Okay, good. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. It is, it's amazing. It really is. And so now I, I, I guess that uh, I, I think that if you have him, if you have him, that's where you look at it and you just have to say to yourself, okay. Beathard isn't going to be great, but he is going to be one of these guys who gives us a chance because he doesn't throw it to the other team. He doesn't turn it over. He doesn't make bad decisions. He's just trying to play within himself. Whereas Trevor Lawrence, you know, he makes terrible decisions. He's, you know, he just doesn't seem to really understand or get what he's doing. That's the way I look at it. So there are a lot of people that are Steelers fans that are saying, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Steelers are going to be in good shape. Jacksonville is going to be playing Beathard. That means Tennessee's going to beat them. I would be very, 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 very careful there. Vacations begin here. Pittsburgh Travel Showcase presented by AAA Travel January 19th through the 21st. David O. Lawrence Convention Center, exclusive discounts and convenient one-stop shopping. Tickets at PittsburghTravelShowcase.com, where your adventure is waiting for you. By the way, uh, Dan Kongerski is brought to you, Fan Hotline, presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh Trusted Plumbing, Heating, Air Conditioning, provider for over 50 years. Fan weather from Sun Chevy, check out 2023 Silverado. 1500s up 17 up to 7500 uh in rebates and visit sunchevy.com. Tonight today tonight cloudy low 31 Tuesday clouds in the morning before the sun in the afternoon high of 40 low of 30. It's the Paul Zeiss show. Coming up we got Noah Howes talking a little pit hoops it's 937 the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 